Amen. Let's take our Bibles, please, and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Looking at the topic of the Bible tonight, 2 Corinthians 2, and we'll look at verse 17 there. And Brother Steve, would you lead us in prayer, please, sir? Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 17. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God. In the sight of God speak we in Christ. Now, according to this verse, is there a problem or was there a problem uh, with corrupting the word of God? It says, for we are not as many which, what? Corrupt. corrupt the word of God. So it is a problem with people trying to corrupt the word of God. That is a problem. Um, is it a big problem or a little problem? Well, it says in verse 17, for we are not as what? Many. many. So this is a big problem. For we are not as many. And this problem is not new. This problem was way back with the Apostle Paul when God was still giving his word through holy men of old. It was a problem way back then, and it still is today. So he said, for we are not as many. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? But already many were corrupting the word of God. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. So despite... Despite this warning, and despite um, all the multitude of verses we could talk about tonight about God preserving his word, there are a lot of people, might we say the majority? I don't know, I hate to say that. But how, how many professing Christians in this world really believe that the Bible they hold in their hands is without error? Um, I would guess probably less than 50%. I've seen the polls. Uh, George Barna has done polls, and it's frightening how many people profess to know the Lord, and they do not believe that the Bible is the Word of God, that it's uh, inerrant, without error. Um, so it says in verse 17, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. So despite this warning, there's a lot of people, probably the majority of professing Christians out there that really think it does not matter what translation we choose. Just They really don't think there's any great differences between all the translations, and so... Quite honestly, they do not see it as an issue at all. So to them, to them picking a Bible translation is, is a, a question about 
readability. Readability. Um, not about credibility. Now, readability means able to read, able to be read easily. So they're thinking in their minds, because this is what we often hear, and that is how new translations are normally presented to us, that it's more readable. It's more understandable. It's easier to read. Um, and so that is what often goes with every new translation. And so to them, they would not say it's a credibility issue because they would say there's really no big difference between Bible translations. Credibility means, is it believable? Is it trustworthy? Is there any discrepancy with the truth? So most professing Christians would say, it doesn't matter which translation you pick. It's not a question of credibility. It's, it's just a question of readability. It's just a question of what translation um, fits you. What, which, one, which one do you under, seem to understand better? So that's the situation. Um, but as we see here in verse 17, the Bible warns us that many corrupt the word of God. So my question is, is if there's really no big deal amongst all the different translations, um, where, where is this many corruption going on? Where is, where is this big problem going on if it's really not an issue? I received a letter in mid-December uh, from a pastor in Tennessee, and he had read one of our gospel tracts called the NS, NASV or the Weatherman, which is more accurate. So the NASV is the New American Standard Version. Or as this pastor pointed out, actually, the, the NAS, it's actually NASB instead of V. Um, and they've actually trademarked that. New American Standard Bible. So he, he said, you incorrectly called it the New American Standard version. And so I explained it to him, we're, we're dealing with problems. And so if, if I call one translation the Bible, and I call the other translation a version, um, it sounds like I've already made up my mind which one is the best. So they're all translations. Okay, they're all. So, okay, let's go to Proverbs 25. Proverbs 25. Proverbs 25 and verse 23. And I know we looked at this recently in the ESV. Uh, we, we compared it, but this is the NASV or B. Proverbs 25, 23. The Bible says here, the north wind, what? Driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. In the NASV or B, it says this, the north wind brings rain, and a gossiping tongue brings an angry face. Now, I know we looked at this verse just before the Red Flannel Festival last fall, the parade, and then we got out in the parade and we got kind of drenched. And um, so, and we got kind of drenched from the north. And so I was asked a question about this. Um, so 
what does this verse say? It says, the north wind driveth away rain. So when it is raining and the north wind begins to blow, the Bible here says that, that the north wind will drive away the rain. Now, I know I had been watching the, the weather before we went to the parade, and in that situation, the moisture was actually coming from the south, southwest up here, but it was a low pressure system. Low pressure systems go counterclockwise. So what happened that day was this low pressure system come like, uh, probably like Chicago area up here, but it come in the eastern part of Michigan. And so the low pressure system was sitting there going counterclockwise, so, and it was to the east of us, so it was, it was dumping the rain, it was pulling the rain from the southwest, and, and it, the wind was swirling it back down to us in Cedar Springs from the north. So um, this verse is not saying that you will never see any raindrops from the north, because look at it again. It says, the north wind driveth away what? Rain. So if the north wind is going to drive away rain, this verse is not saying that you will never see rain from the north, because if the, rain, if the wind switches, and that's what it was doing that day, and the problem is, is that day, that low front system was not moving very fast. Um, so... But when the north wind begins to blow, it will drive the rain away. So I guess that was the kind of the question. We just went over this verse, and then we get over there in the parade, and we, we, we start getting wet from the north. And it's like, what is this? Um, we, we, just, we just covered this in church. So, um, so anyway, that's what happened that day. And I just, I just want to make it clear tonight that it says, the north wind driveth away rain. So, okay, it's raining. If the north wind starts to blow, um, it is going to clear out those clouds, and it is going to stop raining. So just so we get this down, um, so our faith is, is strong in what it actually says. So I have observed this over and over. When I first read this, and I forget... I think we were comparing, looking at the New King James Version, I believe. And so we were, I was looking at this, and it was, it was a new issue to me um, that, that that differs and said the opposite as, as the King James. And so I'm thinking, okay, uh, I've got to check it out. What is, what is true? Does the north wind drive away rain? Or does the north wind bring rain? Uh, both of the translations can't be right. They say the opposite thing. They can't both be right. So I began to watch the weather here in West Michigan. And so it'd be raining. And then you know, the rain generally comes from the southwest here, sometimes the west, and sometimes from the east, like the snow we just got. Another low-pressure system is what that was. Coming up here, going counterclockwise. Whenever, whenever you see in Michigan here the wind come from the east, it's normally a low-pressure system that's coming up from the south. So we get, we get the, the, 
snow or rain from the east in those situations normally because that's you're you're dealing counterclockwise wind so from the east it's pumping pumping the rain right at us and then you'll see the wind change as that rotating circle passes through um, it, the wind is going to change to the other directions uh, because it's a circle it's, it's going all the directions so when I first began to notice this about this verse looking for proof so I would begin to when it was raining and then I would begin suddenly to see the clouds start going that way south and I knew that a north wind was blowing and you know what in just a little bit the clouds started to break up and it cleared out and the rain stopped. I thought, ah, it's true. The north wind drives away rain. But then I thought, well, that was one time. And so then I would observe another time and the same thing would happen. Now, remember that it does not mean that the north wind is, is never going to be blowing some rain because once the wind switches and starts blowing south from the north, Many times there's still rain, but it's, it's driving it out. That's the point. It's driving the rain away. Um, so I began to notice that. And I thought, well, um, and, then, and then a pastor, I forget what state he was from, um, but we must have, I don't know if it was the Bible courses we had out or our track. And he, he wrote to me and he said, what makes you think the weather in Israel is like the weather in West Michigan. And I thought, well, I guess I better check it out and see. And so I thought, I'm not just going to check out Israel. I'm going to check out around the world. So I began to write our missionaries around the world and said, hey, this verse says this. Tell me, what do you see on your field? And some of them wrote back and said, well, uh, I've never even thought about it, so I'll have to check it out. Others said, um, no, on this field, rain never comes from the north, and they would always tell me which direction it would generally come. And then through a missionary, I was told about a missionary that's actually in Israel. So I thought, all right, here's the guy I need to talk to. So I wrote a letter to him, and he said, he wrote back to me, and he said, our rain in Israel normally comes from the southwest. Um, it comes off, our rain comes off the Mediterranean. And so I thought, okay. Um, he did not say their rain comes from the north. And so then I thought, well, I need to check out with meteorologists um, about Israel and its weather. And so I did research on that, asking how does... And what, from what direction does rain come to Israel? And I found out from that that the meteorologist said rain to Israel normally comes from a low-pressure system on the Mediterranean, and it comes on shore. So low pressure, once again, is counterclockwise. So if a low-pressure system is coming at Israel from the Mediterranean Sea, going counterclockwise, it's going to be pumping moisture right from the southwest onto the land of Israel. So it confirmed it. 
um, which translation is correct? Well, which translations? Because there's a lot of them that say the north wind brings rain, the opposite of the King James. So I observe the weather here. It backs up what the King James Bible says. Um, I ask missionaries around the world, all of them that had paid any attention at all, confirmed what the Bible says here in, in Proverbs 25, 23. Um, a missionary in Israel confirmed what the Bible says. Uh, meteorologists confirm what the King James Bible says. So um, it's, well, let me ask you a question here. In verse 23, the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. Now, the, the New American Standard says the north wind brings rain. Now, let me ask you just a simple question. What does that change have to do with readability? In other words, the King James says the north wind driveth away rain. The New American Standard says it brings rain. Um, does that make it easier to understand? Drive away versus bring? It's not a readability issue. And, you know, we're, we're told that over and over and over. We're told you need to get this new translation that's come out because it's, it's, it's easier to understand. Well, this change here made the verse the opposite meaning, and it's not easier to understand. So I'm just trying to tell you the truth that we are not being told the truth when these new translations come out and they say, finally, here is a translation that's more readable, easier to understand. What does that have to do with this change? Absolutely nothing. But it is a credibility problem. Okay. Um, how many of you think that college students in a secular university um, oftentimes are taught to doubt many things. Yeah, it just there's there's so many. Well, I tell you, we've we've got an epidemic right now in secular colleges. They, a lot of these young people think that communism is better than than our system of government. I mean, they're brainwashed. They're brainwashed. Um, so, but what about, uh, what about a student who's majoring in meteorology? And what if you witness to him? And so you, you're going in a Bible study with him and you're reading Proverbs 25, 23. And you have one of these other translations that says the north wind brings forth rain. What's he going to say? Uh, well, he's going to say, if he... If he's studied meteorology much, he's going to say, well, that is not true in the Bible. That's false. Um, actually, the north wind, when it begins to blow, blows away the rain. It drives it away. So why are you teaching me this Bible? Because the Bible right there is wrong. It's, it's, a, it's a wrong fact of weather. It's false. So what would you say to him? Yeah, it could be a big problem. 
Um, so this, this pastor wrote to me from Tennessee, and uh, uh, I guess I didn't read his quote to you. Um, so this pastor from Tennessee, this was in mid-December, I got this letter from this pastor, and, and what was interesting was that he was criticizing this gospel track, and just in the same short time frame, we had a pastor write and ask for 1,000 of these tracks. Okay, so you got two preachers in vast opposite spectrums. Okay, and he said this, he wrote, he says, the problem with your literature is that both translations in the original language say the same thing. The English translators in each instance chose to use different English words. So who is to say one version is wrong over the other? You missed the whole point. Um, sir, the whole track is about what they said is opposite. That is the whole point. They said the opposite thing. So he's, I can't believe he said this, but I saw it with my own eyes. He says, um, the English translators in each instance chose to use different English words. So who is to say one version is wrong over the other? Really? Are, are we just doomed to believe what anybody says? And because two different sets of translators disagree, does that mean, we, like this pastor, say there's no way to know the truth? If that's the case we're in, we're, it's pretty hopeless. Um, one of these translations has to be wrong. We're looking at a credibility issue here, not a readability issue. So let's look in um, 2 Timothy chapter 2. What should we do when we find two translations say the exact opposite thing? Well, I think we should study it out. What about you? What do you think? I think we should study it out and see. 2 Timothy 2.15, what does it say? Study to show thyself approved unto who? God. God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Is the Bible true or not? Um, as you read on, verse 16, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as, as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. You see, one error will lead to another. One error will lead to another, just as Paul was saying there. So, should we just sit back? Well, um, the Bible tells us to study, to show ourselves approved, so we don't wrongly divide the word of truth. Um, go with me to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5.21. 
First Thessalonians 5.21, what are the first three words? Prove all things. Hold fast that which is what? So when we come to Proverbs 25.23, and there's, translations say the opposite thing, what should we do? Well, it says here, prove all things. Prove it. Prove which one is true and which one is false. They can't both be true. They say the opposite thing. Well, that's what I did. And you can do it for yourself. I encourage you, do it for yourself. And you see. Notice also in Acts 17. Acts 17. I will not ask you to raise your hands, but I will ask you the question and you can answer it inside. Do you believe the people in Washington, D.C. know what is better for you than yourself? In the same way, do you believe that translators know better than what you can study out for yourself? Is your faith in translators? Well, this shows there's a problem because they don't always agree. In fact, they say the opposite of each other. Um, So Acts 17.11 says these were what? More More noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and what? Search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Now, this is not telling us, well, every time you listen to a message, whether it's in church or online, it's not telling you, all right, doubt everything you hear until you can prove it. You know, God gives us the Holy Spirit. And many times when we hear something, we might think, you know, that just doesn't sound right, but I don't know why it doesn't sound right. Well, sometimes then then we keep learning and reading and studying, and sometimes we find out that it sounded kind of strange to us because we simply didn't know the truth. And other times, the reason it sounds strange to us is because it is strange and it's wrong. And the Holy Spirit is prompting us. And so we just keep that on the back burner and say, and keep searching. Lord, is this right or wrong? Search it out. That that here in Acts 17, 11 is called being a noble Christian. So they didn't come with doubting minds. It says that they received the word with what? All readiness of mind. So it wasn't that they were coming, you know, All right, preacher, go ahead and try to convince me, but you won't. It's not coming with that attitude. It's coming with the attitude, Lord, I want to be blessed today. And and a fallible man is going to be up there teaching and preaching. So, Lord, but I do want a blessing today. So, Lord, please teach me. Uh, One of our dear saints of years gone by, he was one of our deacons, and he he would, every time he would leave, with a great big smile, and he said, big handshake, preacher, that was a great message. 
I knew every message wasn't great. But you know why? And I don't think he was lying. I think the reason he looked at them as great is because he was looking to God, not to me. He was coming to church looking to God for a blessing. And because he came in that frame of mind, he always got a blessing. Um, If he would have been looking to me, he would have been disappointed many times. But he had his his focus on the right, the right person, and that was God. Um, so this, this is what I want to be, verse 11. I want to be a noble Christian. Okay, let's go back to Proverbs 25, 23, because there are two parts to that verse. And actually, you know, maybe you know uh, Greek, some Greek. Uh, maybe you know some Hebrew Um, you know, that's great. Get all the tools you can. But for those who do not, God gives us a way to test. And for us common folks to test and see what is true and what is not. Let's read it again. Proverbs 25, 23. The north wind driveth away rain. Now this is the second half. So doth an angry countenance a what? Backbiting tongue. Okay, so the Bible is saying here, the north wind drives away rain. And then it says, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. So the north wind drives away rain. And so applying that to the last half, an angry countenance, a backbiting tongue. An angry countenance drives away a backbiting tongue. Drives it away. But you see, when the the New American Standard reversed the first part of the verse, saying the north wind brings rain, then it had to do the same with the last half of the verse. And so the last half of the verse is opposite as well. In the, the New American Standard, it says the north wind brings rain and a gossiping tongue brings an angry face. They had to do that because they switched the first part of the verse. So they had to reverse the second part. You may say, well, I'm not sure I follow the last part. Um, Well, it's like this. Is it true that a gossiping tongue brings an angry face? I would say very rarely. Back before, in the grocery stores, back before they had all the the self-checkout lanes, um, and I don't know, maybe they still do. I just, normally we go through the self-checkout lanes, so I I don't know. But they used to have um, a, a whole stand of what they called tabloid papers. Um, what are they? They're, they were gossip papers. There was always some movie star or somebody famous on the front of the cover uh, suggesting they had done some scandalous thing. Or I mean, it, it's just gossip. They were just gossip papers. Um, you know what? I never, see, I never saw one person look at that and then get an ugly, mad face. But I saw a lot of people stick their nose right in that tabloid 
until it was their turn to get up, uh, to put their stuff on the, the counter. Um, you know what? People don't get, normally, people do not get angry faces at gossip. When they hear gossip, they're like a dog that perks up their ears. And it's like, oh, really? Tell me more. Tell me more. Is that true? Really? Oh, wow. Hmm. I'm so glad you told me. That's the, that is normally the attitude. You say, I don't know if that's true. Um, just consider online how many websites and podcasts are gossip columns. That's all they are. They're just like the tabloid papers. It's like they're telling you um, that they know something about someone famous that you don't know. And, of course, they don't name their source. Uh, but, and what happens? Do people get angry? What are you talking about? No, no. All it says is click here for more. Click, 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 click. I mean, they're ready for more and more and more. So the last part of the, the New American Standard, they switched the first half. They had to switch the last half then. Um, a gossiping tongue brings an angry face. Um, if we're honest, even as Christians, it takes a lot of courage, even as a Christian, to silence a brother or sister who starts going beyond information they should share. And this should, our response should be an angry countenance or at least stop, stop. No, I don't want to get into that conversation. Stop. Um, so the last part is simply not true, but the King James says, verse 23, The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. So as the north wind drives away rain, an angry countenance, when someone starts gossiping, will drive away the gossip. In other words, if someone starts to go and say something about someone that's going beyond what they should say, and if your face changes where they know you are not pleased with what they're saying, they're going to stop. They're going to know, I, I don't want to hear that. So the, the King James is correct. The north wind does drive away the rain, and an angry countenance will drive away a backbiting tongue. But the New King James is not correct. The North, they say the north wind brings rain. I just challenge you to do the research yourself. Notice the weather. Write, write to people in Israel. Ask them. Check it out yourself by a, a meteorologist. Um, ask them which direction the, the rain comes from in Israel. You'll find out just what I found out. I encourage you to study it out. Um, so you'll find that out. And then, and then you already know that a gossiping tongue does not bring an angry face. That, 
That is such an exception, such an exception to, for that to ever happen. Um, so on both counts, um, the New American Standard um, is, is wrong on that, both, both things. Um, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And verse 1. 2 Timothy 3, 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, and then what? False accusers. accusers. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. So there's a, there's a lot of false accusations today. Um, there was a movie star that just um, through AI, through artificial intelligence, uh, made uh, a picture of one of the politicians on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, the, the child trafficker who's dead now, um, and it was fake. But they put this politician sitting on an airplane surrounded by young people, and it was all fake. Um, and more and more, that's what we're going to face. Um, people eat up that kind of stuff. They just eat it up. So back in 2 Corinthians 2, this is a big problem. Um, corruption of God's word. 2 Timothy 2.17. The Bible says, Therefore we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. So this is not a little problem. Paul said way back then, we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. It's a big problem. But what should we be? We'll read on. But as of what? Sincerity. Sincerity. We should check it out. But as of sincerity, but as of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Um, the pastor went on to write to me in his letter. He said, Your literature is an advertisement that you are hurtful, condemning, and not unifying. You have become a tool of division in the kingdom. I pray that you would stop this blind, destructive, and hurtful propaganda. What is propaganda? <laughs> we just came through COVID. Can you think of any propaganda you heard? Yeah, like if you get this vaccine, you will not get COVID. You know what that was? Propaganda. Many people that got the vaccine got COVID. And then they said, okay, now get this booster and you will not get COVID. You know what that was? Propaganda. Pure propaganda. Many people have got more than one booster, and guess what? They've gotten COVID. So what happened? They were lied to. 
I read about during that time many doctors who were trying to speak out the truth about the vaccine. And they were silenced. In fact, in our, in our own state right here, doctors, if they wanted to prescribe certain, there, were, there was one in particular, but two uh, medicines that President Trump had, had mentioned um, in our state, if doctors prescribed them, they were threatened with their medical licenses being revoked. From the very start, I thought, you know, the coronavirus, the cold is a coronavirus. The, um, why don't they have a cold vaccine? The flu, um, they don't have a flu vaccine. Every year, they have a flu shot. They try to figure out which of that virus is going around and try to give out a shot. From the very first, I thought, why, why are you saying this is a vaccine? If you get this, you'll never get uh, COVID. The fact of the matter is that was propaganda. And finally, now doctors are being, after lawsuits and things, they are speaking out now. They knew it right from the beginning, some of them. So um, this man, this pastor says, your literature is an advertisement that you are hurtful, condemning, and not unifying. Since, since when is truth hurtful? These, these two translations disagree. They say the opposite thing. How can that be hurting people by telling them to study it out and see? Um, he says, I pray you would stop this blind, destructive, and hurtful propaganda. I, he didn't tell me what kind of a church he pastors. Um, But he went on to say, uh, well, actually, before I tell you that, let's go to Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. You talk about propaganda. There's a lot of propaganda going on out there. Proverbs 14, 15. It says the who? The simple do what? Believeth every word, but the who? The prudent man does what? Looketh well to his going. The simple believeth every word. So people are told, hey, the translations, there's no issues really between them. It's just readability. If whatever one you can read and you think you can understand it the best, go with it. There's really, there's really no problem between them. That is false. That is not true. Um, he went on to say this, then he closed his letter by saying, For you to compare the New American Standard to the New World Translation. Now, the New World Translation is the Jehovah's Witnesses Translation. Jehovah's Witnesses started out using the King James, and then eventually they made their own translation. And they made a bunch of changes. Well, guess what? Proverbs 25, 23, they made the same change as the New American Standard. The Jehovah's Witnesses say the north wind brings forth a downpour. 
so it brings forth rain. So he said this. He said, for you to compare the New American Standard to the New World Translation, to the Jehovah's Witness Translation, is sinful and wrong. So in the Gospel track, I just point out that, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses did their translation, and guess what? They made the same change in Proverbs 25, 23. The Jehovah's Witnesses also say, they change it opposite, that the north wind brings rain. Um, so this pastor says that we are sinful and wrong in making that comparison. We we are being sinful and wrong by telling people that the New American Standard made this change. And guess what? The Jehovah's Witnesses made the same exact, exact change. Tell me, how is that sinful and wrong? In telling people the truth. The truth. <clears throat> Do people that sit in the pews or the chairs have the right to know the truth? Um, do Americans have the right to know when their leaders are in the hospital? Have you read any news lately? Oh, yes. I guess there's a lot of Americans that think they do have the right to know when cabinet members are hospitalized. And that if a nuclear bomb is necessary and he's in the chain and nobody seems to know he's in the hospital. The president didn't know he was in the hospital. It's like, wow, um, hey, we really need to get this nuke on the way. Um, does anyone know where so-and-so is? I can't seem to find him. No one knows. Don't Christians in the pews have the right to know the truth, that if this new translation makes this change, don't Christians sitting in the pews have the right to know that be careful because you know what? The Jehovah's Witnesses made the same change. You just might want to look into this further. I say the people in the pews do have the right to know the truth. So it has a lot to do with credibility, trustworthiness. Um, we'll close with this one, John 17, John 17. So, so he, he said we're, we're spreading propaganda, we're causing hurt and division. Uh, we are sinning because we have said the New American Standard makes the same change as the Jehovah's Witnesses made. John 17, 17 says this. Sanctify them through what? Thy truth. Thy Thy word is what? Truth. Well, in Proverbs 25, 23, you can't say both translations are truth. One of them is, and one of them is not. And the Bible says here, sanctify them through thy truth. Sanctify means set apart. As Christians... Do we have total confidence in the Bible that it's correct? I do. I do. Um, so I just encourage you, check it out. Do your own study and find out the truth. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word.
Thank you, Lord, that it is true. Thank you that you have preserved it. And Father, I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would help this pastor in Tennessee. He thinks the people in the pews do not have the right to know that the New American Standard made the same change that Jehovah's Witnesses did. Father, I pray that you would help us, that you would sanctify us, that you would set us apart from this world and from the errors in this world by your truth. We do believe your word is truth. We do believe that you have all kinds of checks and balances in your word to show people which is true and which is false. So, Lord, please take us and use us, Lord, in a day when there's so much propaganda going forth. Help us to give forth the pure and blessed word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our Bibles, please.